so uh, welcome to The Calling Vision, um, where we are exploring how to change the world by aligning and partnering with the vision that is calling us. Um, and it's a vision, you know, I look at it as the vision has selected you to bring it into fruition. So this is B.B. Harding, your host, and today my guest is Sue Paulson. Um, Sue's been an entrepreneur for over 30 years. She's helped a lot of people uh, get in touch with them. And one of the things that I really liked about Sue is that her business for a long time has been called like the Magnificent Mentor. And I've always thought, that, you know, for me, that was a very unusual name. But, you know, Sue's underlying principle is, is that we're all born magnificent. We just forgot about it. And so, you know, today I have Sue who's here um, and, and we'll be talking about and exploring what's going on. And one of the things that I'd also like to say about Sue is that I know that she's in huge transition right now where she's actually opening up another aspect of her magnificence, and that is the Turning Point Writing Academy. And that's writing, W-R-I-T-I-N-G, for those of you who think that I'm horse, you know, horse-centric so much that I said writing academy. So, <laughs> so uh, anyway, Sue, welcome, and thank you for being here. Oh, Bibi, thank you so much. It's such a delight to be with you today. It's and and yes, thank you for clarifying. If people were coming to my riding academy, they would not be happy. It's not mine either. (laughs) (laughs) So Sue, you you've been talk to me a little bit about you know what it's been like to I'm going to say work the vision of being a magnificent being. And how has that evolved over the years, you know, for you? Oh, my. Well, <clears throat> we need to go back. In, in, my tw- in my 20s, when I was introduced to the concept of personal growth for the very first time, that was the, the turning point for me where I began to understand that there was way more to me than what I had ever imagined. And and I had not been brought up that way. I had been brought up, you know, don't toot your own horn and and play small and children should be seen and not heard, all of those kinds of things. So, so and for the most part, I, I didn't feel that safe to just be a bubbly, exuberant out there and so so I was pretty quiet for lots of years. Well, then this revelation comes that, Sue, you're way more than that. And I'm really. So it was a, a taste of accessing and, and trying on my personal power. You know, like how much power do I have in the world? Well, I came to understand at that time that I had way more than I had ever imagined. So and, and we we got some exercises to kind of test that out and reinforce that and and give me that foundation I guess you would call it that oh yeah yeah there is more to you than than this but it's interesting that that my reason and and so I I became a huge growth I I don't know if I want to say growth junkie but but growing (laughs) growth to me was what's really really important so I kept taking courses and adding pieces and bits and exploring a variety of things over the years. What I realized later was my underlying foundation was I was doing it so that I could be good enough. There was a part of me that did not believe that I measured up and, and, and so there was this quest to, well, maybe if I take this course, maybe if I learn this, maybe if I do that, if maybe if I grow in this way, I will be enough. And well, of course, what I've discovered is when a person starts from a position of lack, well, I'm not good enough or it's right. never enough. Well, it's never going to be good enough and I'm never going to be good enough. <laughs> so. So, I can so, really identify with what you're saying. You know, uh, I mean, grew up with, you know, similar instructions like, you know, children shouldn't be seen or heard, and being good enough. It's like, how can I take care of me? Um, I can really identify with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. 
So, so go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I was going to ask the question, like, you know, so you had this turning point that happened for you where you suddenly, it's kind of like, you hear the calling sort of inside that says, I'm more than what I look like, or I'm more than I think I am. And I'm imagining that, you know, as you started to, to wear that, that people around you might've been questioning, what were you doing? And, and, and it's like, what happened for you when you started trying to wear this new thought form here, you know, this new sense of being to the people that were around you? Did, did they notice that you had changed or that something was going on for you? Oh, oh, I'm sure they did because, because I was probably very irritating to them <laughs> because I was so I was so excited about what I was learning and I'm thinking everybody needs to do this like this is really important except that in those days I mean in the 70s let's face it there there weren't that many personal growth books there weren't that many people even thinking about this never mind talking about it or doing anything about it. So <clears throat> there was a very select group that I was part of. And of course, within that group, we were having a blast. Everything was just working so well. It was interesting that because I, I just kept wanting to learn more and more, I eventually ended up teaching the workshop that I had taken as a student. Well, of course, that's one of the best ways to learn, right, is to teach something to someone yeah. else. So yeah. every time I taught it, I grew more. And, I, and I'd and i hear myself say things that I'm thinking, oh, I have paid attention to that. That's that's an interesting idea. And so it, it accelerated my my growth. But it's interesting that, that and, and of course, I learned <clears throat> there's only certain people I could share this with because not everybody was open to it and and so I began to feel kind of like a weird duck <laughs> didn't talk about it very much right yeah no 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 <laughs> and and things like like reincarnation whoa don't introduce that topic unless you really know the person well and somehow you've had some shared experience with that and well of course in this day and age people on the street will talk about it you know strangers will right. talk about it because it's not that foreign a concept or idea whether anybody believes or not who knows but at least it's not uh, something so out there that, that people don't want to explore so um, yeah and it's been interesting in the journey that I as far as adopting this belief that that were born magnificent I, I could see that in everyone else. The people that I mm. worked with, I saw that so clearly, like you have no idea what you are and what you have and, and, and all of that magnificence. And I didn't use the word magnificent at the time mm. because it, okay. it wasn't a, I mean, mountains are magnificent, right? <laughs> and so I, I usually... <laughs> Nature was the was what caught my attention as being magnificent. And I hadn't really laid it over to think about human beings that way, although I felt that for everybody else. Now I can't say that I felt it for me because mm. I was still, well, well, I'm not enough yet. <laughs> so, right. So it took a bigger turning point than my introduction to personal growth we you know I had to fast forward to I was 57 when I had a near-death experience that <clears throat> caused me to come face to face with what was what had been going on in my life and what I believed about life which turned to be turned out to be totally untrue <laughs> Nah. <laughs> you know, all these beliefs that had turned upside down. But as I worked through the experience and, and did what I could to make sense about it, I wrote lots because I was trying to figure this all out. I came to get this notion that, that we are born magnificent and I'm, ooh, well, okay, I believe that about everybody else, but what about me? 
And so, so then, and I thought, well, the only way I'm going to be able to kind of try that new suit of clothes on is to, to play with it and explore it with other people and, and have a conversation about this and say, well, what about this? And what if, you know, if, if you really ad adopted that belief in your own magnificence, well, what else could you do in the world? What, what how would that change what's going on for you and for everyone around you? So, so what were the things that you did begin to experience that showed you how it would change your world? Oh, I, I think over time, I stared terror in the face. Hmm. And interestingly enough, it was a journey with cancer after I'd had the near-death near experience that caused me to really examine, okay, how powerful am I? And am I more powerful than than this? You know, I have this this health challenge. Is my body more powerful than this? Am I more powerful than this? And when the when the terror hit about getting the diagnosis, I wasn't sure. <laughs> and so, but what was interesting as I as I began to work through that, I I saw the whole experience as a huge learning curve for me. Like, what am I going to learn out of this? And what are the gifts that are going to come? Well, there was a point in time. So in my personal growth days, I had learned how to bend spoons with the mind. Right. And I hadn't done that for years and years and years and years and years. And this notion reoccurs to me and said, well, Sue, you know how to bend spoons. If that isn't more power over cancer than than that, I don't know what is. And so, but you know, I, I pulled out a spoon and I tried to bend it, couldn't do it. And then I got really scared because I thought, oh no, I can't even bend a spoon. I've lost my power. And yeah. <laughs> I was beginning to feel like one of those, you know, comic book adventures or whatever when the hero is drained of their power and they don't know how to the go. Kryptonite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> kryptonite, absolutely. And so, but it was so fascinating how, I mean, life offers you these opportunities, right? That 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 and and it a dear friend of mine that had been through the the personal growth journey with me early on um we had met up again we didn't live in the same cities anymore but we remained fast friends and she died suddenly while i was going through this cancer journey and about a month after her celebration of life she was a young woman she came to me in a dream and she, and she just said, I don't even remember what else she said, but I remember her distinctly saying, Sue, go bend that spoon. And I mean, it was the middle of the night, I was fast asleep. So I woke up, got out of bed, went downstairs, pulled a big serving spoon out of the drawer and bent it and left it on the counter. And my partner at the time, when he got up the next morning, he said, did you bend that spoon? Because he knew about my mm. ability, right? And I said, yeah. And he says, well, what do you suppose would happen if you bent a spoon a day for the next 30 days? Oh, and I said, oh, what would happen indeed? You know, because then I realized that that I needed to rebolster my confidence my my confidence had been shattered and i was feeling less than i was feeling really weak and and unable so i thought well here i am in in this this big uh journey that i didn't know if i was whether i was going to wake up and carry on with my life or whether it was going to take me home like i didn't know but I wanted to hang out a little longer on planet Earth. <laughs> so, so 
I started bending spoons and forks and I'd never tried a fork before and, 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 and they're sharp. So bending the tines is, is, is tricky to get the feel of it because, because of course you're not doing it with strength. And so I went to the dollar store and bought spoons and forks and so on. And at the end of it all, I made myself a little sculpture of all the bent spoons and forks as a reminder that, that, that the power is there. It just, I just couldn't access it for the fear overwhelmed me and so on. So, so mm. that was probably a, a big thing in the move forward. And then a lot of the um, reading and writing that I did after the fact helped me begin to make sense of the not only the journey that I was on, but this this new understanding and and right in bold print it was you know there we are magnificent and and we can create our own heaven on earth and I'm going really and I'm going well yeah I I, I went there the the afterlife is a pretty cool place and so I wasn't afraid to die because I'll take me now you know <laughs> it's pretty nice there. But here, right here on Earth, well, what would it take to create that? Well, I think we've, for for some of us, we've done a pretty fine job of creating our own hell on Earth. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> so what would happen if we changed our minds and said, okay, what, what does heaven look like for me? Well, I think the magnificence is part of that to say, well, well, can I love myself enough to really unlock that magnificence, embrace it, to um, draw it in and, and ultimately believe in that magnificence? It's a big, it's a big step, big step. And, and I feel I'm just kind of starting. Mm. <laughs> I'm way farther along than I used to be. And and part of it was to let go of the notion that that I wasn't enough. Is was to that the, there's no point. I was playing small because that's how I thought I was was small, and it, it's it's an interesting challenge to uh, let your light shine brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and to open up to that and. It, there was there were times when I'd you know skitter back into the shadows like oh too much too much too much so. <laughs> well I, I have a curiosity you know especially with your near-death experience you know people talk about you know all kinds of experiences you know I saw the light you mm -hmm. know having a review and things like that was there a place in that experience for you where you started to feel your expansive self as opposed to what you might label your smaller self. Did you see that? And then how did it inform your cancer experience? Sure. The That's a really good question. I think for me, the, the near-death experience wasn't so much what I saw, but but this knowingness that that washed over me. And this and and part of that knowingness was about being this integral part of the universe that 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 I was as essential as anybody else and and as big as anybody else. The, there was nothing to earn. There was no like everybody has a has a chair at the table with their name on it. And and the only action required is to pull out the chair and sit down <laughs> so, okay. you know and there's the banquet and I'm going you mean I didn't have to measure up I didn't have to earn this I didn't have to learn anything I, it's just always been here so and and the acceptance that that was there and the unconditional love I mean it's hard to describe in human words but but this this sea of unconditional love that I felt was so overwhelming that it was it, it's just like it seeped into every pore and I'm going oh really this is so it was pretty amazing well then in in making the connection with the with the cancer journey 
I, in retrospect, when I looked back, I thought, okay, I had to go home to the afterlife, to heaven, to whatever people want to label that in order to understand how powerful I really am. And so that, so that I could move beyond the fear so that I could, I could move through the terror and come out the other side and say, no, no, this is good. This is okay. So, so it was like, sometimes if we have a big adventure ahead of us and, and we just need to go home to the, to the family to be soothed and, and, and comforted and, and, and build our strength again so we can take that next step. Well, I think that's one of the reasons that I had the near-death experience was, you know, to add the power to that for sure. So when you were diagnosed with the cancer, um, you know, how did you relate that back to the near-death experience in terms of, um, I would imagine, and you, you can fill in whether it's accurate for you or not, but I know that people, you know, in my sphere, many of them, it's like, what the hell did I do wrong to get this? And there, there's a lot of self-condemnation, you know, that goes on. Um, friends, you know, I, I've got one friend of mine who said that one of the most painful things was people like, well, what did you do to earn this, you know, kind of thing. So how, when you're going through that, because I can't imagine that it was a, a, an easy transition to, no. you know, to be diagnosed with cancer. How did you relate it back to the, your going home experience? And you're in the fact that everybody just gets to have a seat at the table, pull up the chair and sit down. How did you reconcile the two? Well, first of all, I looked at, I, I did the kind of typical things I think that I've heard a lot of other cancer diagnoses did and why me and and felt very victimized and railing at the universe and then right. switched into well, what did I do wrong and and I, you know oh I, I should have gone to the doctor sooner and all of these shoulda woulda coulda things that that just kind of wanted to eat away at me except that I'd had too much grounding to to go there fully you know I'd, I'd go there but there was this little niggling in the back of my head, Sue, there is a reason for this and a very good reason. And this is for you, not against you. So so to get out of the, the mire of, I have cancer, so I'm a failure, or I have failed in some way in my life. Well, cancer is not a failure. Another way of looking at it is what if cancer is the vehicle to point us in the direction of living our most profound life, our happiest mm. life, our our whatever that, <clears throat> and something I read somewhere, um, I think it was a psychologist said, I've never met a happy person who got cancer. And and when I think of of the the life I had been living to a large extent. I wasn't living in my own power and I wasn't that happy with my life and things were not going in the direction, you know, there were things kind of eating away at me. Well, that's can be with cancer too. You know, it kind of eats away at you. Well, I looked at it as a huge wake up call. And it's interesting that, that, I mean, what more growth could you have going through a cancer experience to, to overcome fear, whether cancer takes you home in, in the next 24 hours or not, but to grow into, I'm more than that. I can be more than that. And, and because I'd experienced what more I could be in the afterlife, I'm going, whoa, well, then I, I get to choose here. I get to pick how this is going to be for me. And and on a human level, was it messy and, and nasty and horrific at times? Yeah, absolutely it was. It, it was not yeah. a fun journey. And there's still a part of me. So that was, oh, 2012 when I started to come out of that. Well, I kept saying, well, yeah, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. And and then I'm going, uh, 
but why not? <laughs> you know, is because it went from from why me to well, why not me? You know, why not um, look at this as the biggest, most uh, formidable challenge of my whole life? You know, this is my Mount Everest kind of thing, and, right. and with lots of of um, pitfalls and slip sliding and and all of that. Well. Uh, so it was embracing. How did you translate the why not me into the work? You know, did it transition the work that you began to do? You know, did you find that there were other things that started to come forward in your life in terms of how you would serve the world? Oh, yes. Um, I think the biggest gift that came out was for me to begin to get very vulnerable in the way I spoke up about what life was for me and and the possibilities of life for other people because I I mean I I, I have this burning desire to have everyone experience their magnificence just mm -hmm. as I'm learning to, you know, I, 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 I can't say that, that, that I'm, I'm done. And I don't think we ever will be done because, because growth is simply that it just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. It's an infinite kind of a game that we're playing here. Well, <clears throat> I, I want that for other people and, and I want them to experience their own heaven on earth because there's plenty of misery and, and we've been so toppled over into the misery of the world I think and and where has it got us well I, I don't know that it's got us as far as we could go if we said well we're magnificent we can we can create better than this we can we can do more we can we can we can really um have that taste of nirvana or or whatever label you want to put on it so let's let's just you know fill in the blank here for a second if everybody were to experience their magnificence, how would it change the world? How do you see it changing? It? Well, of course, if everyone were to uh, experience their magnificence, they would know first and foremost that that they are eternal, that 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 death has no sting, really. I mean, it's just a transitioning of we we kind of this mortal coil goes goes off somewhere and you know back to dust and yet from a spiritual perspective we live on and and there's the magnificence in that right there well and then to apply that here to to planet earth well the miracles that that can come of that uh, <clears throat> excuse me i think are almost unmeasurable because each person has unique gifts, talents, things they want to focus on and and that combined. So each person that it is able to pull out or, or pull on that personal power to help them be more, do more, grow more, whatever, and recognize that. And here's the other part of this is, is when I recognize my own magnificence, I'm also recognizing the magnificence in you and in everybody else. And so it isn't a I'm better than kind of thing, because that's that's actually a, a, a lack mentality. <clears throat> but if I can do this and you can do that and somebody else can do something else and we're all magnificent. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now that's going to change the world. You know, and and I mean, just think about how much one individual can change the world, even thinking that that they're just their puny selves, but they wanna they wanna do something. And I, I think of the story of the eight year old boy that learned about how so many people in Africa didn't have clean drinking water, mm -hmm. and. He, he made it his mission as an eight-year-old. Well, what kind of power does an eight-year-old have? Well, apparently quite a lot because 
he didn't see any barriers. He just wanted to find a way. And and he started small in, in the way that a small boy would start. And yet it made a difference. And mm-hmm. then other people start getting on his bandwagon. And pretty soon, this is this is a big organization now that that supplies and helps drill wells and and all of this sort of stuff well that's just from from a little guy who has no idea of his power in the world but he went ahead nonetheless so right. so, so what would happen for us to you know open up to that and, and you know we could actually so if, if you felt that you know I guess I'm thinking to myself, if everybody were to walk around feeling the the joy of being a magnificent being, and, and it's like, you know, what would the world, what would heaven on earth look like? You know, what would the heaven, you know, be? How would, how would you feel if everybody experienced their magnificence, how the world would change? Well, I think it would be well, I guess the short answer is it, it would be a better world, no question. Right. I think we would we would find a significant amount more light than dark. There would be a spirit of cooperation and collaboration in the world. Would the earthly challenges go away? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, I because we're we're here to experience what what life is like with the gravitational pull and and all of those sorts of things. But I think the 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 difference to me is that we would come out of that lack mentality and and it would be not a world of of um, taking. It would be a world of giving hmm. where when we each support and give to each other in full measure, well, then there's plenty for everyone. And and so I think a lot of the big challenges that we're faced with right now, poverty and homelessness and, and all of those kinds of things. Well, we know what education can do to pull people up out of dire circumstances. Well, if part of that education were, you can do what you choose. You you are strong enough and big enough for that. And and let's make a start. Then then there's that reinforcement and 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 I think each person, I believe, because of the uniqueness of every individual, I think each person's idea of what heaven on earth would be is going to be somewhat different. You know, your heaven might be a little different than my heaven. And just just as, as you know, I, I enjoy living in a big city with amenities and so on. Other people like to be out in the country and and they want an acreage. And and so so that's their brand of heaven. And mine is well, I, you know, I like the variety. Yeah, I like to go to the mountains and I like to do all those things, but I also like to go shopping. (laughs) (laughs) And the grocery store nearby. (laughs) And the grocery store nearby, absolutely. (laughs) So I'm not so sure I want to go back to the land to that extent, you know. I like like to eat the garden vegetables, but I don't want to have to do the weeding. And so, so it would be different, but still pretty special because then I get to go to the people who love to garden and say, okay, here's some money. Can I have some carrots and peas and all of that? And and so there's this, you know, cooperative um, way of being that's different than, you know, we see pieces of it and, and I think value those pieces. Well, what if all those pieces fit together in this collage of, of magnificence and this collage of heaven on earth. Well, that kind of... sounds very big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. so. And, I think so. And the cooperation. And I, I imagine that people would be doing more of the things that make them feel good, and that that energy would be pervasive. You know, that feeling of upliftment, as yep. opposed to you know, you know, you've brought up lack several times. So I'm curious, you've been doing the magnificence, you know, you're a magnificent being for some time now. 
Mm-hmm. And and I know that you're in the process of you know rebranding into the you know the Turning Point Writing Academy. How has the you know it's kind of like I'm I'm taking it from the fact that you know we're trained to be you know create our own visions and what have you, but I'm also believing these days that our vision is calling us. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, how ha- is the vision of the Turning Point Writing Academy calling you, and how is it? How do you feel as perhaps an evolution of your magnificent being? Do you? I am assuming that you see some correlation in there. Do you feel that it's a you know like at the next level of that? Uh, do you feel it's something new that's coming in? So talk to me for a few minutes about that. Sure. It's fascinating to me when I look at the what things led to other things in my life. Yeah. Certainly this notion of of magnificence and, and wanting people to try this on, I was having and still to a certain extent have some difficulty languaging that. Like how do I talk about that and what does that exactly mean? And it because it seemed nebulous to me, never mind other people. And and so so I, I couldn't really see the the spark in that, although I found that people seemed to value what I had to say about that and how I got there, you know, how I got on that path and, and what I was doing. Well, when I reflect was reflecting. And I think you were in on that meeting, BB, where I'm trying to talk about wanting this community of people who are like-minded and we can chat about things. And, and I'm blabbing on and trying to describe it out loud. And, and this phrase turning points hits for me. And, and it hit hard enough that I revisit and said, wait a minute, turning points, turning points. Well, I began to, as I explored the idea of turning points, I I saw it, it was like that kaleidoscope of of pictures in my head of how many turning points I've had in my life that have led me along this path. And even the ones that felt like detours or going backwards or whatever, they all led me, kept leading me and kept leading me. Well, for me, the writing part came in because writing has been my 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 solace, my salvation, my way of trying to make sense of my world. Well, of course, communicating that in the written form turned out to be pretty important to me. And even though I I've written for years and years, I never had considered myself as a writer, even when I published a couple of books. <laughs> I didn't consider myself a writer. Then finally, I thought, come on, Sue, (laughs) you're writing all the time. I think you're a writer. And so so and and I thought, well, what about other people? Because let's face it, we're we're in a society now where communication largely depends on what we write down, whether it's a text, an email, a tweet, um, a blog post, uh, whatever an ad, there's something written going on to tell the world what's happening. And so when I was looking at the, first of all, the turning points, which which is most important to me, and there were so many turning points that led me to this idea of magnificence. So, So there's a connector there. And I think for everybody else too, if they stop and think about, well, well, why did you move from here to here? Well, there was a a turning point. There was a moment in time that that said, "Okay, yes, this, not that," and and this movement. So, so the turning points. I mean, I I want to have lots of conversations with people about their turning points because I'm pretty fascinated mm-hmm. by how they got to where they are, and 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 why, and and what was that all about, and what has resulted. You know, just like the conversation we're having today. Well. In the writing of it, I've always been a huge, because I felt invisible for so much of my life, and and I deliberately chose to be invisible because it was too scary to be visible, so I was a reluctant communicator, a reluctant leader, a reluctant um, 
writer of of what was important to me because it felt too vulnerable. But it was interesting when I taught public speaking for a period of time. I was teaching public speaking to accountants. All right, much different. Like nine and a half out of 10 of them did not want to be in the class. <laughs> They're going, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I said, look, it, you can run, but you can't hide because you're going to be expected to get up and say something, even though I know numbers are your passion and you don't want to connect with people. And that's why you chose this profession. You're not going to get away with that. It's career limiting. And so I'd work with them and I'd say, well, what's what's the common denominator? What's going on here? Well, it was the fear. The fear was huge. And and so as I began exploring what this fear was all about, I realized that that I had the same fears. It was just that I had blocked them because I had learned the, the um, okay, I'll admit it. I like applause. <laughs> so, so the reward for me actually saying something was so strong, it got over, it got me through the fear. And, and so I just ignored the fear and I'd shake afterwards when I was done, then I'd shake <laughs> up to then I just, okay, let's just do this. Well, it's so, so communicating with one another is, is just vital in order to, for each of us to grow to the point where we want to be, you know, if we're going to grow into our own magnificence, we need each other to do that because you're reinforcing uh, something you see in me that that is particularly strong or good helps me to grow and and vice versa. I can do the same for you because we don't see ourselves the way others see us. So, but of course, others aren't going to know that it's about us if we don't communicate. Well, where does communication come from? Well, it starts with thought. And then we'll either write down the thought or we'll speak it. And in some cases, we'll write down the thought and then we'll speak it. So so there's this process. And I'm and so my my vision is that that the the writing part of the academy is the tool, is the way that people can begin to explore their journey. Okay, what would heaven on earth look like to you? Well, write that down. <laughs> maybe express it on paper get clear about what that is refine it pull it out every now and again and say well is there a piece missing there or or whatever so so that's kind of how the whole thing evolved and and I think all the pieces fit beautifully it's just a uh, a newer way for me to engage with people so one of the things that I'm hearing as you're talking about it and I've heard multiple people talk along these lines is that it seems to me you'd be supporting people in rewriting their narrative into their magnificence. Oh, and, sure. You know, that they would be able to look at how their life has transpired and be able to see the gifts that have come out of that and be able to start walking into, you know, I'm a magnificent being. And, and, and you know, for many of us, I know myself included in this, it's like looking at my life experiences and seeing them as being something that have been a contribution as opposed to a detriment and and rewriting the story. And I know in my human design studies, one of the things that I appreciate about Karen Curry Parker is that she her emphasis is constantly on rewrite the narrative. And, you know, which to me, when I first started thinking about that, you know, I, I likened that to fractured fairy tales from Rocky and Bullwinkle. I don't know. You're old enough to know who Rocky and Bullwinkle are. Absolutely. (laughs) But I always thought, you know, okay, so here we had fractured fairy tales and it was like taking the story of what happened and kind of making a different story out of it. And and it's like that willingness to step into there's a different story here. And there's one that's crafted me and molded me into becoming, in, in your words, the magnificent being that I am. And it's just a matter of allowing that to come through me um, as well as walking into it. And I don't know, I see that as a, as a benefit of what it is that you're doing. Um, Is that the vision that, you know, you would see, would you put it in those terms as opposed to just writing down thoughts and. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. The, it, it's so interesting that the first time I did an exercise in a workshop I was in about, well, what if you redid that story? And, and there was a part of me going, but I can't rewrite the story. That was true. That's what happened. Well, yeah, that's, that's not what happened. <laughs> if it was long ago, maybe it did and maybe it didn't. And 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 the, so the question that I asked myself and the question that was asked in the workshop, well, if it was a particular, and it was a particularly traumatic thing that I was working on, well, what does it serve you? How does it serve you to hang on to the trauma? And I'm going... Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as part of that, that transformation, I realized that for lots of years, I had, I had held on to every little stone of, of bitterness, of resentment, of victimization of of righteousness of uh, you know all of that as if they were precious gems as if you know and I kept them in this lovely box and every now and again I'd look out I'd look at them and take them out and revisit them well <laughs> what did that do except keep me in my hell on earth you know it didn't it didn't help any and so the idea of rewriting the story, which I guess in in a different sense is what forgiveness is all about, to say, well, well, you let it go, you you give it up, and say, it it's, it has no bearing on on who I am. It served me in some way because I experienced it and I chose to experience it, but but it isn't who I am. It's an event. And and if I want to rewrite the story, why not? <laughs> so so I get that, and I love that. I think that's a that's a very cool tool to evolve. So not just and certainly I've done I've done both when I've journaled. I've I've gone through my my pain and angst and all of that, and just weeping down on the page. <laughs> And then at some point when all that emotion is released that I had to get out, then then it's like my observer is saying, okay, Sue, what about this? And and then I look at it with fresh eyes, look at it from a different perspective to say, um, okay, how has that made a difference in your life? Even though it felt part of mm. the ugly and the bad of what you went through, what good has come out of that? So I, I mean, I confess, I'm, I'm the quintessential Pollyanna. I, I look for the silver lining in every cloud, and, and, um, it, but it's interesting. I didn't always do that, but when I, when I watched the movie Pollyanna, there was a turning point for me as a kid. You know, I think it was probably nine or something when the movie came out, and, and I wasn't having a very good time at that age, and, and just that turning point for me to see this little girl who had come from dire circumstances like my life wasn't as bad as hers was hers was awful and yet she her dad had taught her how to play the glad game how do I find something to be glad about in all of this and 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 it was a struggle sometimes because sometimes <laughs> there wasn't much that she could but she'd find this tiny little thread and grab onto it and I'm going, whoa, that's impressive. And so it was a choice for me to start, okay, what would it be like to choose that instead of what I had been choosing? Yeah. So if you were to give somebody, you know, that comes into your sphere, you know, you're sitting there as the, the wise mentor, what advice would you give somebody at this point? What's the wisdom that you would share? Well, I think the part of the wisdom would be that it's important for you to self-reflect from a where's the good in me standpoint, where 
where do I shine? What, what? So I, I was given an exercise many, many years ago called write down a hundred things that you love about yourself. Well, it's such a good exercise because most people are unaware of what's good about them. If they even thought it was okay to think good things about themselves. Mm. So I guess that would be a starting point for anyone. If, 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 if they're, if any of you listening are are living what you would consider to be your hell on earth, well, you do have the power to change that. It is a choice. And and you're, you may not be able to alter your circumstances so much, depending on what's going on with you and, and the age you are and so on. But, but what's going on in your heart and your mind, you have all the control that you ever want over that. And, and to be able to draw on that and say, okay, um, I'm not that failure. I'm not that mistake. I'm not my circumstances. I'm more than that. And, and, and there's more to me than that. And, and internally rise above all of that and then look down and say, okay, what can I do about that now? <laughs> And, but at the very least, to to be internally focused to see that 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 there's more to you than than meets the eye to anybody else and even to you. Mm, very wise. So if people wanted to get a hold of you, Sue, how would they go about doing that? To get a hold of me, well, they can go to the my my uh i'm gonna i'm gonna direct people to my personal website suepaulson.com because that right now turning point writing academy is is still evolving and shifting and 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 it, it's we even though we have a website up it's not created to the fullest extent so people will find more about how to connect with me on suepaulson.com so uh that that's probably the easiest way to get hold of me Great. I really want to thank you for your time today. And it's been a great conversation. And um, I wish you all the best and look forward to seeing how the narrative uh, in the vision unfolds. Thank you, Bibi. It's been a delight to be here. <laughs>